Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Glad to have you with us once again. Today, we're going to sit down with Brian Perdomo. And I actually, I believe I first came across Brian on TikTok and then discovered that he actually had an Instagram as well and connected with him there. So I'm excited to hear all about that. Uh, Maybe get some TikTok lessons in the end for all of us. But we'll get things started first. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad we're getting to talk, and we're going to get this going. And so we're going to get right to that first question that everyone's expecting. And, Brian, that's tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? <laughs> well, I've been big all of my life, man. I, I came out the womb, nine pounds, four ounces. Um, my, my mom told me that the nurse told her that I look like a two-year-old coming out. So I was always a very healthy-looking boy. Um, but yeah, I've always been chunky. Uh, you know, obviously as you get older, you know, you get bigger and stuff like that. But, um, uh, luckily for me, when we were kids, um, you know, we played sports a lot. My dad played soccer, uh, in men's leagues and stuff like that. So we played soccer growing up and basketball and stuff like that. So did, did your weight have an impact on you when you were growing up, would you say, or kind of what was your perspective um, on it then? No, it wasn't a big issue uh, growing up because, I mean, I was always chunky, but I was athletic. You know, I was light on my feet. Um, I had good hand-eye coordination. So I was I was never, you know, like slacking behind, you know. Of course, if I if it was me who got stuck being tagged, um, then it took me a little longer to get somebody. But <laughs> other than that, you know, like um, it was never an issue growing up. I just remember like as I got older, I don't know if you remember, cause you're from the East coast too. Um, there was a boy store called bugle boy. Do you remember mm, that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they were famous for their Husky mm-hmm. size. So I remember my mom used to get me those Husky size and stuff like that. But, um, I also had two older brothers. So, you know, I would just get the hand-me-downs and, you know, I would just, you know, fill into my older brother's clothes. And my older brother was like seven years older than me. And the other one was four years older than me. So, um, I was always naturally big. And when did you first start to become conscious of your weight having an impact on you? Uh, my weight having an impact on me. It was, um, it was always an impact on my body and my health and stuff like that. You know, I, I'm from New York and I was born here. So, um, you get called everything under the sun, you know, you have to have really tough skin, even from family, you know? So, um, it was never an issue in terms of like, my um like being fat shamed or anything like that um but i've always been healthy that's the weird thing like my blood work has always been good it's only now that i'm older you know as you get older your body starts to break down a little more and you start to feel it um, more than ever and so kind of take us through like as you went from kind of being a bigger kid into being an adult uh where kind of what was your journey like were you trying to lose weight like were you trying diets like was your weight continuing to go up like what take us through that man 
Yeah, always, always trying to lose weight. I've tried several different diets. I've seen like documentaries like uh, Forks Over Knives or Fat Sick and Nearly Dead. I tried juicing. I've been vegan for four months. I lost like 40 pounds being vegan. Um, and then like, I, it's terrible, but then when I started working for Con Edison, which is an electric company in New York and during training, I, I didn't have anywhere to go eat and there was no vegan option. So I ended up getting like a chicken parm and I never looked back ever since that chicken parm. So, um, but I, you know, I've tried keto and, um, I've, you know, I've done like calories in calories out as well. So I've always been on looking for ways to lose weight. Um, so I could be more fit and stuff like that. It's always been a part of my life. Uh, but like I said, I've always been active. So like, you know, I went to Catholic school during middle school and in New York, there's the CYO, uh, Catholic youth organization. And like, that's like intense basketball league. You know, I was a bench warmer, but like, you know, I would go to practice and I was always the chunky kid in the, in the, in the game. Um, but you know, I played sports, um, when I was in middle school then in high school, I played basketball with my buddies and that's all we did. Like, and I was in an honors program. So like I had the same group of friends throughout every year. And so all we did was like literally go home, do our homework and go play ball, you know, in the streets and stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's, it's just crazy because like, I've always been big, but I've always been active. It wasn't until, um, after high school, when I got like an office job, I, I was like 22 and I got a, a customer service job for the company that I work for now, which is Connison. And I literally gained like a hundred pounds in one year. Um, and it's just because I was sitting behind the desk for eight hours and, you know, you know, those customer service jobs, they're, they're stressful. It's not a physical exhaustion. It's a mental exhaustion. And so there was just a lot of eating of junk food. I wasn't watching what I was eating. You know, as you get older as well, you, you no longer play ball with your boys. Everybody kind of goes on in their own way. So everybody's got their job or their partners or their family obligations. And so basketball disappeared, soccer disappeared, and you just started gaining weight. You just became sedentary. And so what do you think, Brian, like, how do you describe the, your relationship with food that, that was, because 100 pounds in a year, you know, is, is pretty significant. And what do you think it was about your relationship with food that was leading you in that direction? Was it just the lack of activity and not kind of really knowing about food choices? Or was it a coping mechanism for that stress? Like, what, what do you chalk it up to? It's definitely a, multiple factors for me because, like, the food, the relationship with food has always been poor. Um, you know, my parents are from Honduras. They came here in 1985 or 86. I was born in 89, so they were here for a couple of years. But, um, you know, when you come from an immigrant family from a third world country, there's, there's a famine mentality. And so... You know, if you see pictures of my dad when he was younger, I mean, they used to call him toothpick. This guy was like 95 pounds, like soaking wet. And um, when you come here and you see the abundance of food in America, what's the first thing that these parents who, you know, starved uh, growing up, they're going to feed their kids and you got to make sure you eat everything on the plate. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you have any experiences with, with like Latin culture in terms of like food, but it's all carbs. It's rice, it's potatoes and it's meat. And sometimes they'll put a salad for like garnish to make it look pretty, but that salad is is like slopped on with mayonnaise and vinegar. It's just delicious. It's like there's <laughs> there's nothing healthy about any of this. And so you know I've always had a healthy healthy appetite, and um, the, I'm convinced that the only reason I was just never sick was because I was active growing up. But my relationship with food was always you know to eat until it hurt. And you know you have to eat what's on the plate. You cannot let anything go to waste because there's people literally you know, starving to death in my country. And so that was just the mentality. And for a while, you know, I used to actually blame my parents. Like I felt like it was almost like, 
um, you know, child abuse, but you know, it's, it really isn't their fault, you know, because at a certain point you become your own person and you make your own decisions. And like, for me now I look back and I'm like, I was just making excuses. I wanted to blame somebody for my, for my weight gain or for, you know, whatever I was dealing with at the time. But my relationship with food has always been like to eat until it hurts. Like, to eat until you can't anymore. And, um, and then there was times where, like, you would just eat because you're bored. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not doing anything right now, so I'm going to go check what's in the fridge, you know? And so, and I noticed that, like, my, my meals got bigger, you know? Like, I went from, like, say, like, a McChicken and a McDouble, and then, like, I had, like, a specific meal for McDonald's, like, a whole, like, family, like, meal, you know? So, um, it just get worse and worse as I got older and the lack of activity with, you know, the sedentary job, it just made it worse. Oh, I understand. And I think that's something that a lot of people, we, we want there to be one answer, you know, in terms of the, the why, like it was this situation or this behavior. And I, I think like you're getting into, like, there's, there's a lot of factors at play, a lot of different things that influence how we approach food, how we use food, what, what we think about it. And then how our bodies even respond to it, you know, like that activity change is, is significant for a lot of people. Like you see often the story of the, you know, the, the high school athlete who then gets the office job or gets the sales job and then isn't playing, you know, playing sports as much or isn't as active or isn't getting to the gym as much. And then, you know, next thing you know, they put on 75 pounds, 100 pounds, 150 pounds. And for you, Brian, like where did, when did things get to the lowest point for you? Like what, what brought you to that place? So the lowest point for me in terms of just like I just couldn't take it anymore, it was 2019. Um, I was, you know, playing with the 400-pound mark. I was always like 380, 390, always around that area. Um, you know, that's when I jumped up uh, when I had the office job. And um, in 2019, I remember I was trying to lose weight. Now, before that, like, I looked into keto a while before that. Um, I actually ran into you, Gormy, and you won't remember this because I was just a follower at the time. But I have a personal Instagram account, and I used to follow you on that account. And I think it was the first time that you lost, you know, the, the significant amount of weight. And I remember, like, following you and being inspired by you. But then ended, I ended up, like, deleting you at one point because you were so consistent and so successful in your journey and i was in a place where i just couldn't deal with the fact that i wasn't there and i had to delete you i remember i remember specifically like i, I just can't look at his post anymore because he's doing so well and like it felt like i was attacking myself for not being what you were doing at that moment you know and and so um for me it was just like i ran into keto and i've done keto like for two months and like there was one time where I did it for like four months straight and I lost like 70 pounds. So I've had moments where I like I've lost the weight and I've never like included exercise or anything like that. It was just strictly just um, focusing on the diet, eating what, you know, the macros that you're supposed to be eating. Um, but the low point was in 2019 where, um, you know, just a lot of things started happening. My older brother uh, was getting married. Um, to his girlfriend of 10 years and it was like a big family moment because they've been together for so long and it was very exciting and one of my best friends was also getting married that same year um, so my brother had his wedding in July my best friend had his wedding in um, October and so I was getting fitted for the the suits and stuff like that um, my brother picked a location where they had bigger size um, 
sizes, you know, for bigger guys. And so I had no issue there, but my buddy um, picked a company called Black Tux. I don't know if you've heard of it, but they they send out, like, it's more like a chic, modern city company that does, like, wedding rentals, suits, and stuff like that. And they did not have my size. I remember getting fitted that for that for April, and the guy who was trying to fit me, he was the tailor, he's like, listen, like, you're a couple sizes off here. Like, we don't have anything above this. He's like, what do you think? Do you think you can lose the weight? Um by October. So this is April and I'm like, I got to October. I can do this. I'm like, I can do this. I can for sure do this. I'm gonna do it. And then like I just kept making excuses throughout the summer, like something was coming up or oh we have this person's birthday party or like just anything that would come up would just take me off my focus, you know? And it got to the point where the week before October, um before the wedding, I couldn't fit into the suit. So I had to go to a men's warehouse and get like an immediate suit. I'm like, I need, I need it to match. I can't, it can't be too much of a difference. I was just embarrassed by the fact that I couldn't get it done, you know. And I felt like I was like failing my friend because this is my best friend. I'm, I'm in his, I'm, I'm in the groom's party, and I, I wanted to be here there for him, and I just felt embarrassed, really. And you know, that was in October. And that passes, you know, and then the holidays come and that's when Thanksgiving comes around and then it's Christmas. And I didn't know what I weighed. I stopped weighing myself for a while in that summer. Like I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't look at the scale anymore. And I just knew that I was gaining more weight than I usually do. I knew I felt a difference in my body. Like my body up until then was able to handle the weight, you know, uh, was able to handle what I carried. But I, something was changing during that holiday season. And I specifically remember like the last week of December, uh, you know, between the Christmas and New Year's, I was getting up from sleeping, you know, and my back would be killing me. Like, it was just, like, so stiff. I, like, I've, I never had that before. I never experienced that before. Um, and at the time, I was reading um, two books. I had um, a book called Being Happy uh, by Tal Ben-Shahar, I think it is. And I, I never even finished that book. I read two chapters of that book, but it kind of, like, blew my mind. And I also read uh, David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me. And I blew right through that book. And... Um, at the time, it's so funny because at the time, like, I had a lot of thoughts in my head. I was just getting tired of it. I was just over it. Like, I wanted to give up. I was like, what's the point of all this, you know? And I was on TikTok already. I had TikTok since, I believe, September of 2019. I would just browse. I was never – I never produced any content. I don't like – I don't like to put myself out there. I know my Instagram doesn't show that. A lot of people tell me that I'm very, like, people-friendly and stuff like that. That's not my natural – you know, feeling, I, I prefer to be alone. I prefer to just watch, you know? So, uh, I finished this book, uh, you know, can't hurt me from David Goggins and January comes. And I remember seeing this kid, there's a kid on TikTok. He's not on there anymore. He kind of stopped um, posting uh, like in March of 2020. Um, but he just posted, he was like, I'm tired of being fat. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to lose weight. And like, I'm looking at this kid, and he seems so sweet and so vulnerable, and I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. Like, there's no reason why I can't. And so I make my TikTok on January 6th, and, you know, from there, I'm just thinking, like, nothing's going to happen. I'm like, I'm just going to record everything starting forward because I can't take it anymore. And I post it, and literally within two days, I'm like, my phone is just not vibrating everybody's looking at my video to the point where I have to turn off the notifications. It was just too much. And I was like, Oh my goodness, what did I do? So, you know, that first week I focused on 
you know, being on keto, I was like, just do the diet, but this time we're going to add exercise. We're going to do something with our bodies. And it was in that first week that I finished David Goggin's book and he talks about accountability and, you know, making sure you document everything. And that's when I decided to open up an Instagram. So I did the TikTok thing first and then I opened my Instagram up like later that week. And here we are now. And so where were you, did you end up getting on a scale then? Like where were you at, you know, knowing that you were near your heaviest? Yes. So that's, that's what happened. So at my job, um, I work for an electric company. I work like in a warehouse. So there's an industrial scale. Um, there was no scales that I had in my household that would weigh me or anything like that. You know, so I really didn't know. I just knew that I was above 400 because I had a 400 pound scale in my house. Um, so I knew I was above that. And I was just like, I don't know what this number could be, but for some reason, like in my mind, I'm like, you know, it's probably like 409 tops, you know, like 410 maybe. And I'm like, in my mind, just justifying the, the like, well, you know, you were eating a lot. You were doing this and that, you know. Um, and then I get on the scale at work and it says 452. And for some reason, that number just bothered me. It was like, it was like a light bulb. It was like, how did you get to 452? And so I recorded the scale. I took a picture of the scale because this, uh, the industrial scale is outside of a scale house. Like I had to like zoom in to get this shot. Um, and, um, I, you know, I posted the video indicating how much I weighed, where I was from, and, and basically making a declaration that I would never weigh 452 again. Like I was just over it. And I think that's an important thing to talk about accountability, like building that accountability and getting into that place like – what was that like for you at first? Like, you know, actually starting to share what you were going through and actually putting it out there. It was unnerving. Um, you know, like growing up, I've always been like the teacher's pet. I've always been, you know, by the books, you know, whatever my parents say, like out of the, out of the four siblings, I was the one who, who got disciplined the least. Like my father maybe disciplined me three times in my life. And like on the third one, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to what they say and I won't have to worry about getting disciplined, you know? So, so I've always been very conservative. Um, and so having the exposure and um, having people just watch me um, and stuff like that. And, you know, mostly positive. Like people are very positive. They love to see the underdog. They love to see somebody win, you know? So mostly positive, but there was also people that like, you know, would make jokes. He's like, yeah, you're never going to see 452. Now let's go for 460 or let's go for 470, you know, stuff like that. Um, and you know, you can't help, but like not pay attention to that. You know, now I'm from New York. I know there's going to be haters. It's like, you know, this is normal. I'm not, concerned about what they have to say but it, it, it still stays in your mind um but the overwhelming positivity from people the support and the encouragement it really it really helped because it felt like i had a, a backing that i i just never thought was there before no that that's and i think it's a great perspective on because i you know as i have a tiktok i don't think i've i think i've put up like two things on it but i i browse you know, a fair amount, you know, and like I said, I found your page there. And I, I think you see, you know, people sharing things are going, you know, some, I mean, obviously a lot of it's just trends that people are sharing and, you know, dances and all that, <laughs> all that crap, but yeah. you'll see people kind of like opening up and sharing things. And then you immediately know it's the, the anonymity of the internet, you know, it's being able to hide behind a screen name, all of those things that people kind of unleash the torrent of, you know, you're never going to do it or good luck, you know, like a sarcastic good luck 
You know, so I think yeah. that's something that you, you you deal with and process. And I think it happens. It happens to an extent on Instagram as well. Like I, I think it happens less. You know, depending on kind of which where you're at on Instagram, like kind of like where you're, what what hashtags you're hunting around and that sort of thing. <sighs> but I, I definitely can yeah. see that as a challenge. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. In terms of Instagram, like, it just feels more of like a bubble because you get to decide, like, what, like you said, like the hashtag, you get to decide what you see and what you don't see. And so for me, like, the reach in TikTok is just, like, dramatic. I mean, I have, right, I think right now it's like 55 or 58,000 followers on TikTok. And, like, that to me, that number doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it just doesn't, I can't comprehend how many people are actually watching my videos and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I get so much support. Like all the comments are very positive. People just, you know, keep checking up on me uh, and, and just spread, spreading uh, positive vibes. But with Instagram, you know, there's there's more connectivity. So not only am I producing content and documenting my journey, but I'm also seeing other people's journey. And so I made I made a specific decision to separate my. I have a personal um, Instagram account for my family and my friends and my loved ones, um, and then I made this fitness account separate and I wanted it to be strictly about weight loss and fitness. So when I was on that timeline, I only want to see that. I want to stay in that world and see everybody pushing themselves and supporting each other. So for me, the, the you know, I have about, I think 5,000 followers on Instagram, but like that group of people are just so important because everybody's going through it. You know, I've made so many friends on there. So many people that are going through the same thing, um, people that you've had on on the podcast and, you know, seeing people go through what they go through, being vulnerable and, and being there for each other, it's really helped. So there you were getting started, starting to get, you know, some, a lot of people watching what you were doing and getting into your own journey. Like what was, what was it like for you kind of off the internet? Like how were things going? Like what was your progress like as you finally started kind of putting all those pieces together? It was it was good because I, I started to get myself into a routine. And honestly, like the internet helped me with that because I got into a habit of posting right after my gym workout. So people would wait to see me in the morning to see like what I had to say. And my if you look at my TikToks from the beginning, they're very, very simple. Um, it's just me talking to the camera and basically just, you know, spreading some thoughts and, and trying to uh, go through my thought process of what I'm feeling, and what I'm thinking and stuff like that. Um, and on Instagram, the same thing. I would post like, OK, I got on the bike today. This is what I did on the bike today. Here's the results. And here's how sweaty I look. And let's come back tomorrow. And so for me, it was just a matter of being in that concentrating on that allowed me to create a routine on a daily basis that allowed me to keep going and stay consistent. So I would post. So like the first day I went to the gym, I, you know, I posted, okay, I did, I think it was like 23 minutes on the bike. And I, I was like, I can't believe like my, my groin was numb. Like my butt was numb. And like, I was like, I can't believe I, I can't do this. Like 23 minutes is nothing. But I was like, okay, that's fine. Tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to do more. And then the next day, I think it was like 26. And then the following day, it was like 30 minutes. And then I was able to get myself to 60 minutes. And I was able to get like a really good sweat. And I was loving it. There was like a, a week or two there where I was just coming in 60 minutes. And then I would get in the pool and do like about an hour in the pool. So I would do 60 minutes on the bike, an hour in the pool, and then call it a day. That was the only exercise I was doing. And I was focused on keto. That first week when I, when I, when I got off the holiday food, um, cause that was on January 6th. I waited a week after January 1st cause everybody starts January 1st, but I wanted to like be ready. I wanted to plan and prepare to make sure that I have a good game plan here. And so I told myself, um, 
okay, you're going to start one week. Just focus on the diet. Get the diet in place. Make sure you you stick to keto and you're not eating this and you're not eating that. You know, because I've had experience with keto before. I understand that, like, you know, the first couple of days, your body's just like, what's going on here? Well, you know, you were just giving me uh, the cocaine of food, all the sugar, and, and now it's gone. So, you know, you go through those moments and stuff like that, and then I got into it. And in that first week, I lost 24 pounds. And that kind of, like, blew my mind because I was at 452, and I think it was like, it was like yeah, it was like 428 or something like that, 426. And, um... I was like, how's what's going on, you know? And and so for me, it was I knew like it's water weight and the fact that I had all this like holiday food in me, and I just stopped, you know. And so when I got to the gym, I was doing the cardio, and um, I just kept doing that. And then for some reason, I just felt very comfortable on the bike, and I just. You know, the ellipticals are in the other area. So I'm looking at the ellipticals. I'm like, maybe I can go to the elliptical and see, like, what's that? What's the difference, you know? And so, you know, I did about half an hour on the bike. I was like, you know, I'm going to do a half an hour today. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to get a nice little sweat going. And let's go check out the elliptical. So I go to the elliptical, and I spend literally, like, six minutes on it. And I'm dying. I'm just like, what? Like, I can do 60 minutes on the bike, but I can only do six minutes on the elliptical. So literally the next day, I just, I said goodbye to the bike. I was like, sorry. You know, we had fun. Um, I'm moving on to a, a much better relationship, and I jumped on the elliptical, and that was my next project was like, okay, do more than six minutes, do more than 15, do more than 20, more than 30, and get to 60 minutes. And so I was able to do that through February um, up until March, and then that's when COVID hit, obviously, and the gyms were locked out. So I didn't know what to do. I was stuck with, you know... I was just doing cardio. I didn't have any cardio at home. I was like, what am I, what am I going to do? Am I going to go running? I can't go running. I'm like 400 pounds. It's going to destroy my knees. Um, but then <laughs> TikTok saved the day again because of my TikToks. You know, there's a For You page. And you, the more things you like, the more they give you of what you like. So they, there's an algorithm. So I was only getting fitness TikToks. And so there was this kid. I forget his name. I'm, I feel so bad. But he posted that he lost 100 pounds. And he's like, this is what I did, right? You know, he just gave you like three different exercises. And one of them, two of them were uh, goblet squats and kettlebell swings. Now, it just so happens that in my household, like, I'm a impulse buyer. So, like, I've gone through moments where I'm like, you know, I'm going to buy these dumbbells and I'm going to use them and I never use them. They just sit there collecting dust. And so I happen to have two kettlebells in my house. I had a 25-pounder and a 35-pounder. And so I saw this guy was doing the goblet squats and the um, kettlebell swings. I was like, you know, I could try that. And so I went home and um, I decided to create a circuit, like a, like a circuit training, like a round. And so I used the stairs. Because I wanted to get my legs moving. So I would go up and down the stairs five times. Then come back down and do goblet squats. Ten goblet squats. Then I would do incline push-ups. I would get back to the stairs and lean over and do try to do ten push-ups. And then I would do 20 kettlebell swings. And that was one round. And so the first day I did that. Now, mind you, I've been doing cardio for like a couple months now. And I was doing the bike and stuff like that. But that first day I did three rounds. And I was depleted i mean my shirt was drenched and stuff like that um but little by little i just ended up getting to like five rounds six rounds eight rounds and i i even did like 10 rounds of of that kind of training and so you kept going what do you think was different this time brian like what do you think was different when you got started like did you know from the beginning that it was going to be something you could keep doing consistently this time or was it something where you were just, okay, let's try and see what happens. Like, where, where was your head at? I, it, there was a difference this time. There was something that clicked in my mind 
it it honestly you know it <laughs> so that book that i mentioned before being happy by uh, tal ben shahar i only read like two chapters okay but the first two chapters are so mind-blowing to me because it it really helped me understand like my thought process and so in the book it talks about being happy and like how people are just not happy all the time because a lot of people are perfectionists and now uh, we think perfectionist is like a good quality to have you know like uh when you go to for a job interview they're like oh what, what's your worst quality like ah i'm too much of a perfectionist you know like oh what a terrible quality to have right but it really is a bad quality because you don't realize how um aggressive that can be for your mindset you know a perfectionist needs to have everything done perfectly so you can't have any errors you can't have any mistakes if you mess up you have to start all over you are scratched you know and that was my mentality i was always like Oh, I cheated. That's it. I'm going to cheat for the rest of the day now. You know, I, I, I got the whole day. You know what? It's the weekend. I might as well just, I'll start back on Monday, you know? And so it was always that, that, um, vicious circle of just like, it just didn't go my way. And so in the first two chapters, he spends the first chapter telling you how perfectionists are. And he is describing me to a T. Like, I'm just, like, ashamed of how attacked I felt in the first chapter. And then he goes into the second um, chapter, and he talks about what he calls an optimalist. It's somebody who's a bit of a perfectionist. He, you know, he, he, he strives to be the best, but he understands there's going to be dips. There's going to be times where it doesn't go perfect. The, line, the, 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 the journey's not a straight line. And so... In those, I, I really should finish the book because the first two chapters are mind blowing for me. Um, but I was going to really say, I was going to say, you got to go back and you got to go back and see what comes next, man. I really do because, like, it it really changed something in my mind because now if I do mess up, I'm just like, you just got to start over. That's it. okay. That's fine. You know, you had that cookie or whatever. There's a donut there. You had that donut. Okay, tomorrow. You know, it's still nothing happens. Like you're still on it. You know, and so that mentality really helped me stay consistent because I was no longer living and dying by every decision I made. You know, it wasn't like that one decision was going to affect everything. It was, it was the, the, you know, the collective of decisions that really decides what you do. You know, so from week to week, like say if you don't lose weight one week, you know, you gained a pound. You're like, how did I, I, you know, I worked out every day and I ate everything I had to do. That's fine. Cause collectively, when you look down in the, in the in long term, it's going to keep going down. It's just days where it just bobs and weaves. That's all. No, that's a, gr that's a great way to look at it. And I think you're right. I think too often people get wrapped up in, you know, they have to check every box and if they don't check every box, then they're off, you know, it's done, you know, throw it away. And that's, you know, there's that part of us that wants to find excuses. So we look for excuses. You know, we look for a reason to say, ah, screw it, it's not working. And when you give yourself the grace to say, okay, that, that one misstep was a misstep, but it doesn't affect the path I'm on, you know, it can be harder, but you move yourself forward better. You're able to stay on track and you're able to stay kind of focused on what, what, what the bigger picture is for you instead of just getting wrapped up in, one bad decision ruining a week, one bad decision ruining a year. Like it's, it's easy to allow those things to, to add up when you're focused so much on the choices you made that you're not happy with and you lose sight of all the good choices you're making, all the good things that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely right. And it's like, it's just so many like little nuggets that I've learned along the way. Like when I first started going to the gym, like I live in Staten Island. So like, you know, like you, everybody's seen Jersey Shore, like that's real. Okay, like, you know, we have a lot of guys that like the gym tan and laundry, all that stuff here. And so for me, who's I've, I've, I've been athletic my life, all my life, but I've, I've never been a gym guy. 
you know so for me to go to the gym the first time was so stressful like i just you know as a big guy you know i you you can't help but feel like people are always going to notice you always going to watch you you know and you try to make yourself as small as possible so you're not that noticeable and you know after a while like people didn't notice me but for a good reason because i was coming in every morning they were not at me and they'll say yo you're doing good and it just it just dawned on me like these people don't care they're here for themselves they're working on themselves if anything they're happy to see you because you're motivating them too you know and i remember there was an old timer in the locker room i was you know drenched i'm like i'm you know you know when you work out so hard you can't even put on your sweatpants back on or anything like that and i'm just struggling to put clothes back on and this guy comes to me he's like you're doing great man he's like just remember the first day is the hardest day it's all downhill from there and you know you know, you just like, yeah, huh? You just nod them away or whatever. But I got back in my car and I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, he's absolutely right. Like, that first day is the weakest you'll be because every day your muscles are going to grow and get stronger and you're going to get faster and you're going to handle more. And it really is a matter of it getting easier every day. And you have to stay vigilant and make sure that it doesn't get too easy. You know, when I was on that bike, it got easy. I was doing 60 minutes and I was loving. I was enjoying. I was getting a good workout. And then I did six minutes on elliptical. It became uncomfortable again. So I made sure I was very uncomfortable with that situation. You know, and it was like times where like mindset like really makes a difference because like i remember i would talk um in my videos about like a cheat meal like oh, i'm gonna have a cheat day or you know do this or that and like uh one of the tiktokers would comment and it was like don't think of it as a cheat meal think of it as like a reward and i thought that was very interesting because i never thought of that you know i never thought like oh because we call it a cheat meal it has like a negative connotation to it um where you need to kind of switch it and then i thought about it some more and i was like well I don't even want to think of it as a reward. I just want to think of it as a decision that I made. I'm taking control of this moment and I'm saying that I want to have this meal and I'm okay to have this meal and I'm okay to get back to what I was doing. So taking control of that and like trying to show that you can control your emotions when it comes to food, because that's what, that's what it comes down to. Like a lot of my eating, I realize is very emotional. Like I, the problem is that I eat in every emotion. I eat when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm angry, you know? So learning to change the mindset so that I can decide for myself that this is what I want to do just changed everything for me. And so now we're a little over a year into your journey, Brian, like where has changing your mindset and, and doing the work taken you? Well, <laughs> it's, it's taken me a lot of places. Like, you know, I lost, I lost my first hundred pounds in like the first five months of last year. So, you know, if, you, if you've been following me right now, I'm at 116 pounds loss. So really from last, year, from last June until now, I've only lost like about 16 pounds. And even then, that's not even true because I was lower at one point. I was at 324 at one point. Right now, I'm at 335. Um, so that second half of the year was on and off for me. There was moments where I was just like not exercising anymore and oh this weekend i'm just not you know i'm gonna have a couple drinks i'm not gonna stick to the diet and so there was a lot of uh you know flip-flopping on those scale and what i realized is like you know if you want to lose weight yeah stick to diet like focus on what you're eating you know and and keep with it but if you want to feel good like you want your body to like feel energetic like you have to work out because when i stopped working out I felt 452 again. I wasn't, but I just did not feel 
like how I felt when I was working out, you know? And so for me, the working out is very necessary because it helps with the dopamine. You know, you feel good. Your muscles feel better. Even my back is straighter. I walk with a different stance now uh, when I'm working out. And it's gotten to the point now where this year I've actually decided to, to start a 75 heart challenge. And I'm on day 32 today. So, you know, I'm, I, I was telling, I was actually speaking to Poro and I was telling him that I'm starting to feel it. And I know he's a little more ahead than me right now. And he's like, yeah, man, <laughs> you're going to start to feel it for sure. And so I'm just sticking with it and, and sticking to the day by day, because really with the 75 hard challenge, you know, we were just discussing how like you, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. There's no mistakes in oh, 75 yeah. hard. Oh, like, there are not. That's yeah, the whole point of sure. it is to not, you got to stick with it every day. So I've been like obsessed almost like just every day i wake up and i'm like i gotta get my workouts in you know like i was when we were gonna do the podcast i was literally running home from the gym because i just had to work so i was like i gotta squeeze in the gym session um uh, before i you know i speak to gormy and then uh, you know i gotta do my outside workout later on today so you know i it's just a constant thought for me it takes up most of my time and i'm, I'm happy for it honestly it's really, it's really been life-changing and you're 75 hard you know poro might be a few days ahead of you he's doing 75 hard in florida yeah, <laughs> you're so his outdoor workout. He, I've seen him deal with rain, you know, and he's doing some amazing, you know, poor is obviously an awesome guy. Yeah, but he's awesome. you're doing 75 hard in New York <laughs> in February. So you're getting outside. It's not sunshine and roses out there. You know, you're not you're not feeling you're not you're not sweating immediately because it's already warm outside. You know, you're working up a sweat like. It's you're and you're right. Like seventy five hard is a program where it's about that consistency, and you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's a program that's more about mental toughness and commitment than it is even about what all the pieces are individually. You know, like it's about the it's it's a program that really is about the sum of the parts, and and I think that speaks to kind of the evolution of your journey, man. Because there's a, a lot of what you've been talking about is about kind of becoming the sum of the parts to get you to where you are now. Yeah. It's so true because I feel like, you know, when you start, you're like, All right, I got to lose this weight. I got to do this and I got to do that. But like the more I think about it and I've been thinking a lot like about this stuff and it's just like, you know, you start to go into these little wormholes of thoughts and, and it's 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 really fun, honestly. But you start to realize like, there you know, there is no end game. Like there's no end to this journey. There's no finish line. Like the end game is that there is no end game. And it's about mental fortitude it's not just about like losing the weight it's about like changing your mindset changing the way you think about things you know and i notice it now now that i'm on this like path and then I, I like you know every i'm so positive about things i no longer say like well we're gonna try no there's no trying like we're gonna do it and that's what's that's what's being done like you know and i i'll hear like my mom say like oh i don't want to do this like a lot of doubts and i'm like why why are you doing that you know, and, you know, I actually had a conversation with my mother because she actually did keto um, last year as well. And she lost like 40 pounds and she felt great. And she's come off of it, you know. And with COVID, you know, she did, she doesn't have her job. She can't go to work. So she's been home and she's watching Netflix. And I'm, you know, I'm over here working out every day and I'm looking at her. And she's my mom. But I'm being hard on her. I'm like, mom, what are you, you going to do with something today? Or she's like, you know, it's not the right time for me and stuff like that. So, you know, the mindset really starts to... Um, make a big play for you because it's not just about your weight loss. It's about like your overall health, you know, mind, body, and soul. And, and that's really been the biggest step for me. Like you said, like I, so when I started the 75 hard, I felt like, okay, do it now because I just, 
I didn't see any big holidays coming up. I was like, there's no big holidays. There's no, like, that many birthdays you have to worry about. Like, this is the perfect time. And in my mind, so this, is, this, is, this is what I was thinking. I was like, you don't want to do the 75 hard in the summer because then you can't drink. And you're going to miss out on all the barbecues where you're going to have your, you know, Jameson and club, you know, because I'm a whiskey guy. So I love to have my, my club soda with my Jameson. And so I was like, do it now. Get it out of the way. And you're absolutely right. Like, in the cold, like, you can't sweat quickly, you know. And you think you want to sweat. You're like, I want to warm up and stuff like that. But then when you do sweat, that sweat now becomes ice drops on your skin. <laughs> and so you're going through a constant state of, like, Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Oh, the wind just took all, it just froze all those sweat drops, you know? And so it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't fun, but I've really enjoyed myself being outside in the cold because, you know, you go outside and especially now with COVID, nobody's able to go out or anything like that. Everybody's, you know, weary and stuff. Nobody's out, man. I go, you know, I have a bridge that's maybe like 15 minutes away from me. I walk towards that bridge and, and I go over the bridge and I come back and that's one of my workouts. And that easily takes me 45 minutes. If I go completely over the bridge, it's an hour and a half. Um, and so for me, it's just every time I do it, I know I'm out there and nobody's there. And I just feel like such a badass. And it makes me feel so much better. And, like, you know, there's times where I don't want to do anything. You know, I recently posted a video that I was not comfortable posting at all uh, because I was emotional in the video. Um, that day, you know, I went to work out in the morning. I had a really great back workout with my buddies at the gym. And it was on Valentine's Day, actually. It was on a Sunday. And I remember just coming home and like, all right, you know, a little bit, you're going to have to go for your for your outside workout. You're going to go for that walk and, you know, get a good sweat in. And in my mind, it started to creep. Like I was starting to make excuses or like start to like convince myself, like, you really don't want to do that, man. You know, you really don't want to go out there. And <laughs> I haven't felt that in a while, you know. I, for the most part, I've been like super positive and super like on it. And that day, I felt very uncomfortable with my thought process. And I, I end up going downstairs to my room, and I just start recording what I'm thinking. My, my thought is like, this is the most important day. This is the moment that breaks, makes you or breaks you. Like the everybody says, like you know, the day one is the most important day. It really is not. How many times have we all started? How many times have I, how many day ones have we had? I've had so many day ones, I can't even count them. The difference is that day that I did not want to do it, I did it. And, and I, so I started recording myself. I was like, I really don't want to do this today. You know, I, I don't feel like it. I just want to be in my bed. I just want to be under like seven blankets and just watch anime or just binge on a show or something. Um, and I started to cry. So I right after I started stop recording i went to go put on my clothes i put on my cold gear and stuff like that and i'm crying in my room and i'm like you know i don't understand where the feelings are coming from you know i i think about it now and i'm like maybe it's because like i'm mad at myself for even thinking that you know like i'm, I'm ashamed of that that thought process and like a part of me was just like embarrassed because i knew i had to go and i didn't want to go and i felt like i felt like a toddler i felt like a cry you know somebody who was just baby in himself and so you know i'm crying and i can't stop the tears for some reason because i'm getting dressed and stuff like that and i have to go upstairs you know out the door and i you know i have to pass my mother and she's gonna ask me hey what's what's wrong like why, why are you crying so i'm trying to like clean my face and get rid of the red eyes or whatever and i just go on my walk and then i you know i i start having these thoughts about like yeah, this is why you need to do it and you know you owe it to yourself because that thought process of like not wanting to do it, that's that's a betrayal to yourself. You're betraying 
what you want, what you've decided for yourself. And so for me, it was just like, I'm not doing that anymore. And, and it was a very impactful day for me, you know, I, and I got it done. And I felt so much better about it afterwards. But it was just crazy to me that I got to that point like that. I think that that is a, a crucial moment, man. Like, that is one of those days, like you said, like, I, I, we all have day ones, you know. And we all, we know what it's like to get excited for day one. And there's adrenaline. And I, and I think there is a, a real... It's almost like there's that euphoria of getting started. It, it's keeping it's like going. It's like the honeymoon phase. Right. Yeah. It's, it's keeping going when the challenge is there. And so I, I want to ask you a question, man, that I think kind of relates to that. Because you, you talked about the, the I, I think it's interesting when you were talking about, you know, having followed my page and deleted it off your, your timeline because you were feeling like you weren't able to kind of be as consistent yourself. Like, I want to ask you what do you say to that person who's out there watching you and seeing what you're doing and what you're accomplishing and is starting to have those feelings about themselves you know starting to feel like they're not they're not adding up to doing what you know what's the best way to phrase this they're not succeeding themselves because they're not hitting things as consistently as you are like what is the message you want to give to that person Uh, the message i would give them is ask yourself why honestly like I, the more the more I'm in this process, the more I start to ask myself why. Like, why are you doing this? Why is this? Why is that? You know, uh, one of my first vi- TikTok videos was me. Um, I wanted to go to the gym because I started last January, so it was snowing. There was one day it was just snowing, and I was like, "Oh man, I can't go to the gym." I literally said that out loud. I was like, "I can't go to the gym because it's snowing," and I was like, like, like as though the snow was gonna completely stop me from like getting into my vehicle, which is already warm. Right, right, going into a gym that's already warm. So, like, there was nothing stopping me. But I had this thought process, like, where I was telling myself something negatively already. And so, if if I was speaking to Brian when he went to delete, you know, your page uh, from his personal account, I would ask myself why. Like, why, why does it upset me to see a, a man do what you want to do? You know, and then ask yourself why you don't do it. Because that's what it comes down to. It's a, it's a matter of priority of what you want. You know, there's other things I want to do. You know, there's a creative side that I have that I like to draw. I like to paint. I recently took up wood burning, and I love it. Why can't I take care of myself? Why am I not putting myself first? You know, I can't do any of those things if I'm not here next year, you know? So for me, like, yeah, I love to do those things, but right, my focus right now is my health. And so you have to ask yourself, Why? And it, it sounds like you have done a great job at asking yourself that question, Brian. So then I think the next question becomes, what what's next for you? What's next for me? That's a very good question. Right now, I've been very, very interested in weightlifting. Um, I, I'm just enjoying myself because I'm learning about, you know, muscle groups and what I can hold and what I can't hold and... You know, I'm actually really enjoying the process of growth. So, like, today I went to the gym and I was on the pec deck, you know, the the machine where you you do, like, flies for your chest. And the machine didn't have any numbers on it, so I just kept pushing it down until I couldn't do anymore. Um, And then I noticed that the other machine did have the numbers, so I went to go look, and the number was way higher than I thought I could do. So I was like, okay, so, because the... Maybe like a couple weeks ago, I was nowhere near that number. And so for me, like the progress is just so exciting. And, and I, I'm always looking for the soreness. So like I'll have a workout 
And I'm like, okay, I feel good with that workout. Like, my body's fine, I guess. I don't feel anything crazy, but I know, like, the next day I'm going to feel it, right? But there's some days where, like, I'll, I'll do, like, a back workout. Backs for me is, is so weird because I don't feel it the next day. I'm like, did I do it right? Like, what happened, you know? Um, but then there was a day when I went with my buddy, and, and I pushed myself, and I just tried to keep up with him. I was like, I'm going to keep up with him, do what I can, and I just pushed myself. And lo and behold, the next day, my back was sore. My lat muscle, which I had no idea, like, was there, was sore, and I was just so excited. I was giddy because it was a new muscle that was sore that I had no idea about, you know? So I've really been enjoying, like, the whole idea of weightlifting and exercising, and for me, it's it's just about recording the journey. I, I really I really look forward to, like, losing another 100 pounds this year. Honestly, that's the goal. Um, I want to see if my body would be ready to handle, you know, other kinds of sports. Uh, you know, I'm really interested in the idea of maybe, you know, taking on jujitsu, um, taking some boxing classes, really, really testing my body. I want to see what I can do, you know. And so I, I have a I have a buddy I went to high school with, and he's always been, like, really healthy. He's a nurse. And, you know, he, he's taken, like, he's been, like, powerlifting before. He, he's taken it very seriously at one point. Um, and uh, right now he's been he's been basically guiding me. And we talk about these things and stuff like that. And we're, we want to – I tell him, like, he asks me all the time, like, what kind of body do you want? Like, what do you want to look like? Like, you need to start focusing on um, what you want to come down to and, like, what shape you want to take. What do you want to work on? And I told him, I was like, you know, I've been the big guy all my life. Like, I, I have no interest in being big again. Like, you know, jacked and bulky. Like, I want to see what lean looks like on me. So I want to just go as, you know, lose as much weight as possible and, and, and get healthier and fitter. Well, I, I have no doubts, man, that you're going to see all those things happen. I think you have a great attitude when it comes to kind of continuing to push yourself and continuing to build those challenges. So I think we'll we'll all see some exciting things if if we keep watching. And I think this is a great time then to ask, man, so if people do want to follow along with what you're doing where where do they find you oh that's a good question um i actually recently changed my names um to unify my accounts because like i said i originally started a tiktok and i had that under mr Gur 28 and then i had my instagram account as b to the max and so recently i decided you know i don't want to confuse anybody because people are always looking for my either my instagram or my tiktok and i just opened up a youtube account so i have everything under mr Gur. Um, underscore fitness. So on Instagram, I'm Mr. Period Gur underscore fitness, and on TikTok, it's the same. And on YouTube, I don't have anything there yet because I, I plan on starting like maybe weekly vlogs because uh, I really want to break down some thought processes. I've been thinking a lot about stuff, and I want to like kind of have that out in the in the air, you know. Um, and so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so I'm under Mr. Gur's fitness as well on, on YouTube. Nice. Well, I will make sure to put links to all of them. In, in the show notes of this episode so that people can track you down, man. And Brian, I, I just really want to say thank you for, for opening up and sharing what this journey has been for you so far and really letting us know that, like you said, it, it's a journey that is never going to end and, and just has more exciting, challenging things coming for you down the line. Yeah, man, you've been a really big part of that for me. Like, I, you know, when I work out, I don't listen to music. I listen to Fat Guy Forum. You know, I listen to other weight loss podcasts. That's what I – it motivates me. As I'm listening to other people's stories, I'm, I'm working out and I'm doing what I have to do, and it just encapsulates that. So, you know, I want to thank you, actually, for all, all that you've done for, for the weight loss community. Well, I, I appreciate that, and you're going to be giving people a, a nice solid hour of 
listening for them when they're working out. I know we've got a yeah, lot of. I will that. unfortunately not be listening right. because for some reason I cannot stand the sound of my voice. Understood. And so, <laughs> so I can't. Uh, I will definitely be skipping this one, but I can't wait for the next one for sure. Well, there we go, man. There we go. That's awesome. So, Brian. I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for them? I <laughs> I, I told you, like, I listen to your podcast right. every time, and for some reason, I'm I'm blanking, I guess because I'm on it now, I'm just blanking, but I'm, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Hey, that's all I asked for, man. And, it, and I gave Brian, I was giving Brian a little ribbing there because we did talk before we started recording. He's like, I know those five questions are coming, and I, I'm just, uh, I'm not sure. And luckily, <laughs> luckily, though, I'm not changing them. I, I am thinking about changing them soon, and that's something for people listening to think about. Oof. I'm going to let the members of my Patreon, which you can join at patreon.com slash keto, is a little bit of a plug there, uh, nice. decide what the new questions are for the Fat Guy 5. So that's people want to get on board. This is the time to do it. But oh, Brian, like you are going to get the original. Well, I, it's not really, I guess this is version two. We've already, I've already made a change once. but Yes, I do remember that. Let's go into those questions for you now, man, with question number one, which I don't think this one will ever go away because it's one of my favorites. But, Brian, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, my goodness. I've thought about this question so many times. And, you know, you get the same answers here. I do have a question. I have a question to ask you. Does it have to be a real person? Can I, can I add a fictional character? Oh, it can be anything. Okay, I'm going to pick... <laughs> I'm gonna pick Baymax from Big Hero Six. Have there you ever seen go. that movie? Oh yeah. <laughs> he is my favorite fat guy. I mean he's adorable and he's kick ass. I love him. You know, and he's always there to help. You know, That's he's, it. he's got some he's got some pure purity of purpose, so I like it. Ugh, the best. Question number two, Brian. What is one que- one question? What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One lesson. Um spatial awareness. Um, mm-hmm. knowing where your body is at all times and making sure you don't bump into anybody or anything. Um, that's, I, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like now that I've lost some weight, like where I can fit into and how my body reacts. Like I, I make way more space for myself than I have to now. Um, but it's just, it's never, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Yeah. I don't, I honestly, I don't think it ever does. I still have times where I look at it, like squeezing in between something and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to fit. No shot. <laughs> there's no way that's going to happen. And then I do it and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I could, you know, it's like you always, you build that mental perimeter for yourself that you, that's you know, so weird. and you keep it for so long that it's, it's, it's hard to change that. So I think that's I one that a imagine. lot of people will relate to. Question number three, Brian, what is one thing that someone out there who wants to make this their day one, what is one thing they can actually do today to get started? To get started, the first thing you can do is just say it. Tell yourself that you want to do this and then follow that up with a game plan. You have to plan the work and work the plan. Um, you know, people always say, I'm going to start on Monday. But really, you're starting that weekend because you should be preparing for Monday. You can't come on Monday and not know what you're going to do. Um, you know, in terms of like physical, like like physically, what can you do? Like the biggest thing that I can I, I can really advise people to do honestly that will change a lot for you is just start drinking water. Like my calories came from so much soda and juice. Actually, when I was growing up in my my house, we weren't allowed to drink soda. Soda was only for adults. My dad would have Coke, but we would have um like Minute Maid uh, lemonade or um, iced tea. We would get the powder, you know. And so that's just, if not worse, than soda is just as bad. It has so much sugar in it. And 
you know, it's amazing how, like, when you drink water, you can have, like, a cup and just be like, I can't. I can't do it anymore. But give me iced tea, and I'm down in six back-to-back. Like, no problem. So if you were going to start somewhere, you want to see an improvement in your in your, your mood, in your body, um, the biggest thing you can do is just start drinking water. I think that's great advice. I think I don't think people realize how many calories they drink. It's insane. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's a that's a perfect starting place. Like if you're someone out there who's I know I shouldn't switch into monologue mode, but no, go for if it. If you're Get thinking if if you're a soda drinker, just cut it out, and that can be a big change for people, like getting rid of yeah. the sweet tea or the soda or the juice and those things. But really, it can have a powerful impact and. You know, it, it's one of those things where, like, you see there's that meme where it's, you know, it, this is where I feel, you know, I feel bad for women, especially, you know, I work with a lot of women as a coach, and they can make some intense changes and not see huge progress immediately. But men, so especially, if you're a soda drinker or a sweet tea drinker, drop it, and you're going to see an incredible, drastic. An, a drastic yeah. change happen that yeah. first week. Like So true. You know, like, give yourself a chance. You know, find something else, drink some sparkling water. And really, yeah. like you said, like, I think it is. Replace it with water. Like, don't even just keep the sweet flavor going. You know, replace it with water. And that's a mental thing, too, going. Like, I have family members right now that just, like, say, I can't. I need a lemon in there. Or I need, I'm like, you really don't. You really don't need that. You think you need it. You rather taste something that is half a flavor than just drink your water. I think a lot of that is just mental, but people would have to like tell themselves, like, just drink the water. Oh, now, sure. when I have water, I just feel so satiated. It just feels so good, oh, yeah. you know. And and it's so funny, like, you know, I live in New York and it's it gets cold here, but I'm I'm the kind of guy who like adds ice to every drink. I like when I go to a house and they don't have an ice maker, I'm like, how do you guys? What what, what are we doing here? Like, you got a bag of ice, you know? So, but now, because I've been drinking so much water because it's 75 hard, like, room temperature water is so delicious now to me. It's insane. And that's a funny thing because, like, I love ice water, but <laughs> really, room temperature water is so much easier to drink. So much easier. Like, so if you're struggling, you know, give that a try. Just give it a try. <laughs> Take it from me and Brian. Give that water a try. We know what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Question number four, Brian. What's one thing about yourself that you love? I love that's a good question. I love that I have a desire to learn. Um that that curiosity for life just never leaves me. Um, you know, I've always been pretty book smart. Um and I just I get excited to learn something new. I recently got a new job and in that job I know nothing about this job. So I'm gonna be learning so much new stuff, a new skill set, and I'm just very excited. So I love that about myself. That's awesome, man. And question number five, Brian, what's one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? I have a big goal that I have right now. Like I mentioned in this podcast that I'm, I'm, I'm a very big uh, impulse buyer. Um, I love money. I love to work for money, but it doesn't hurt me to spend. And so this year, I really want to focus on my finances. You know, I have a little bit of debt that I want to cut down. And, you know, I just want to, I want to gain some control in that, that aspect of my life as well. I think that's a fantastic goal and, you know, one that I think in a lot of ways goes hand in hand with getting your health in line. You know, it's like getting your fiscal health in line is, is another great thing for people to work on. Well, that's awesome, Brian. Well, Brian, I just want to say a big thank you for putting yourself out there the way that you do, but also being willing to come on the show and share your, your journey with the audience here at the Fat Guy Forum. It's absolutely my pleasure. I mean, this has been a long time coming. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while mm -hmm. and I'm glad we were able to get it done. Definitely, man. I'm excited for people to hear. 
So everyone out there, all of Brian's contact information, wherever you want to find him, is going to be in the show notes today. If you want to connect with me, you can also find me on Instagram at GourmetGhostKeto, on Twitter at GourmetGhostKeto. You can also, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching or, you know, it's not just monthly coaching that we offer as a service, you know, that I offer. You can also do a, a one-time consultation call if you just want to kind of check in on where you're at and what you're doing and get some, get some support. You can find that at theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. And as always, go out there, do something today to amaze yourself, my friends, because you are the most amazing people I know. Then come back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.